This is the Bare Naked Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Party. I'm a mindfulness mentor and breathwork facilitator who's here to bring you unfiltered conversations about mindset, spirituality, holistic healing, and entrepreneurship. Bare Naked Soul is about expressing who you truly are underneath it all as you shed the layers of who you think you're supposed to be. This is my journey of letting my authentic soul speak in hopes that it inspires you and teaches you to explore and express who you really are too. Hello and welcome back to Bare Naked Soul. Today's episode is a chat with a very, very, very special individual. My dear friend and partner in growth, I was trying to think of the opposite of crime, partner in growth, Frankie. You guys have heard about her. If you have been listening to me for a little while, like especially the Mexico episode, we had a very transformational trip to Mexico over the summer. And um, I shared a lot of our, a lot of our growth um, in that episode and the ones following that. But the reason that Frankie and I are chatting today is like, we just keep having these conversations that go so deep and so real about healing our past, healing specifically from the stories that used to define our past and really limit us. So this episode is going to be our way of helping you to shift out of those stories and shift out of being identified with things that are limiting you. However, There's a disclaimer for this episode because we're going to be referencing trauma today. Um, We might be referencing death, abuse. We're going to be talking about moving through these past stories in a different way than maybe you heard before, a different perspective. We're going to be talking about a victim mindset, um, something we've both grown through. And so it's going to be a different perspective. I want you to be ready to listen to this. So if you are keeping an open mind and you're okay with a real and unfiltered conversation. We are not going to be tiptoeing around the truth here, but we definitely feel like this is going to be big for, you know, this is just what's helped us break free from our stories. And so, yeah, that is the disclaimer. If you're still listening, um, let's dive in and just get really real and honest with our, our journeys and, and what's helped us grow. So Frankie Mall is with us today. She's a hypnotist and she's the host of the Up the Rabbit Hole podcast, which is just amazing. Frankie, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Leah. I'm so excited to be here and to have the opportunity to talk about this subject. Um, I think it's perfect because so much of my background and my journey um, to, which kind of led me to create up the rabbit hole is based on exactly this topic. So, um, for a quick little overview, hello everyone. I'm Frankie. I am a certified hypnotist host of up the rabbit hole podcast, like Leah said, and I started up the rabbit hole because for a really, really long time, I used to identify myself by the things that had happened to me. Um, And I really, really lost myself in that. So I used to say I'm in my rabbit hole and it just became a metaphor for my life. Um, One bad thing after another happened. And that was kind of the way it was until I said, I really need to climb my way out. And I realized that climbing my way out doesn't necessarily mean a destination, but rather a mindset. And uh, it led me down a path of healing and deep understanding of myself. And through that, I found hypnosis, but yeah, 
that whole story is kind of full circle too and something we can talk about at another time but yeah that's a little bit about me yeah oh my gosh it makes me <laughs> remember what I used to say to you all the time I used to tell you you need to write a book called the thousand lives of Frank <laughs> every time I we, so for those who don't know Frankie and I used to work together back in the day and so I met my boss yes <laughs> <laughs> and, um we used to I feel like every time I spoke to you you told me something crazy about your your life and you just have such an interesting journey and I'm just so excited to hear more about it on this episode but let's dive right on in like let's dive in um to how we okay so I'm thinking I'm picturing us in Mexico do you remember that bottle of Merlot we got a special bottle of Merlot we manifested of course gave us the house from the back special bottle (laughs) <laughs> and we, this conversation first came about and we were talking about how, um, we had been identified with our stories uh-huh. and we didn't know at the time, but we were, we were using these stories to gain things socially. We yeah. were, we were in a victim mindset. Okay. So I want to know what does a victim mindset mean to you? Like what comes up for you when you hear that term? So I think a victim mindset really means being kind of stuck at your environment. And what that means to me is that the world is happening to me and I have given up my power completely. So it's just whatever happens, happens, that's it. And I think for anyone who's kind of been here, it's just the absolute worst feeling in the entire world. I I think it's kind of like drinking like, a sweet poison in a sense. Like it's a, it's a swirl of this comfort mixed with just the absolute worst pain you've ever experienced in your life. It's like an ache inside of you that kind of like rips you to shreds and just devastates your life. I kind of think of it also as this like loop that you're playing. It's like, have you ever, you know, there's a, there might be a storm coming and you go and you're you want to chase that storm. And some part of you in the background is like, I hope this, I hope something absolutely terrible happens. Like, and I think that type of loop, that kind of being stuck in that environment, that tunnel vision of just being there, everything is happening to me. And I hope it, it's not like you hope it gets worse, but it's this like, it's just, it's, it's a lot to be in this, into that place, but it's really hard to see anything outside of that. It's like, you're wearing tunnel vision glasses. You can't see anything else and you are stuck in the past. So you're not even seeing yourself. Now you're not seeing yourself in the future. You're seeing yesterday and you don't see outside of that. And, um, when you're in that victim mindset of just being there, I think it's just really difficult to move out of, but, and it can cause a chain reaction for other things to also happen. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When you said, um, that you like almost hope it gets worse or almost bad, that is like, I'm just like, Oh fuck. I remember feeling like that. Yeah. I remember just being like 
kind of having like the worst case scenario um, Mm -hmm. ideas come up and me just kind of playing into the sick idea of like some terrible thing that could happen Mm -hmm. almost wanting it to because if it did I would get whatever I would get now this is just me being very honest I'm not Mm -hmm. saying anyone else experiences this I still sometimes fantasize about getting injured because what would happen if I got injured? Um, My husband would have to baby me. (laughs) I could get out of responsibilities. Now I'm at at a point where I catch it and I am aware of these things, but before it was like, I was unconscious. So I didn't know what I was getting out of it. I was just kind of hoping to like get out. No, I know. (laughs) Wild. It definitely is. And I, you know, for anybody listening who has been through traumatic events in their life and who has had really terrible things and trauma happen to them, like, I think they can identify a lot with what we're, what we're talking about in that sense. Hmm. Yeah. And the reason that like Frankie and I wanted to have like a disclaimer on this episode is because there's a big, there's a big kind of talk out there about how telling you, you know, some people view personal development podcasts and books that they're too high vibe. They're too Mm -hmm. happy. They just tell everyone to just get over their problems and, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you just don't have to think about it that way. And that's like, not the point at all. Like, we're not saying like, you know, oh, you've been through trauma, like something bad happened. Oh, well, just shake it off. Like (laughs) We're not suggesting that, but what has helped both of us is looking at the way that we're viewing our stories, looking at the stories that define us and saying, is this helpful? How can I move through this? So I don't know, what do you think are like, if someone's listening and they're like, oh, I can kind of identify with this. Yeah, that's happening to me. What are some initial steps that someone could take to start to realize the stories they're stuck in? I think some initial steps are to sit with yourself and figure out what loop you have playing. What, where are you in your life? What are the conversations you're having about yourself in normal conversations with other people? Are you constantly reverting back to whatever it was that happened or whatever you've been through? Is every single conversation like that? Because for me personally, and Leah, you know this, being my, you know, being that we used to work together and my former boss, that's how I lived my life. Every single thing I said or did had some of my trauma wrapped into it. So like, what is your loop and are, is it what, what story are you identifying yourself with? Like, who are you, who are you period? Because for me, it was this is all the things I am. This is all the things that happened to me. And then I'll tell you who I am. So what, what loop are you playing? Like what role do you have in your own life? Do you have the wheel or are you just allowing your environment to dictate that for you? And then I think that's the first step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I relate so much to all of that too. And honestly, like I still, I still do this. Like I still catch myself slipping into a conversation. Um, something that makes me in a position of a poor me, 
like, you know, like the various things that, that come up about family or about um, the way I was raised or like growing up poor. Like for me, a lot of it was wrapped up in, in this, I, this, all these limiting ideas around the way that I grew up, which we weren't particularly well off with money. Looking back, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm living, being born in America is a fucking privilege of its own. Being, you know, being me, a white, attractive female um, with a family that did help me like apply to college, that is hugely must massively privileged. Yeah. But I did not see it that way. Um, you know, because when you're in that loop, it feels like everyone else, everyone else has it worse. People yeah. that ha- were in much worse situations, I would pick out something about their life and well, at least they have that thing that I yeah. have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. You feel, you just feel a sense of like resentment too and anger. And I don't know if jealousy is the right word, but yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe jealousy, jealousy in a sense of like, they get to just live their freaking lives. And I don't get that. I don't get that because of X, Y, and Z happened to me. And it doesn't matter what, you know, what they're going through at the end of the day, this is what happened to me and I can't function normally. I, you know, this, and it took me a really, really, really long time to not do this, but I was the absolute queen of identifying myself by all the things that happened to me by doing this following spiel. Hello, I'm Frankie. Oh, hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. I mean, but my house caught on fire and I lived in a hotel room with my three cats and um, my two sisters. My It wasn't three cats, it was five cats. Five cats, my dog, my sisters, my grandmother who was had end-stage dementia and incontinent, which, who I took care of. Um, then my best friend tragically died the night we were at a party together. And then I found out my boyfriend was cheating on me with a prostitute. And then three of my cats were eaten by coyotes. And then, you know, I actually found their bodies in the woods. And then my grandma died and then my dog died. And then a friend committed suicide. And then my dog got, my dad got sick on a business trip in Michigan. My mom never left his side. I took care of the house. I took care of my sisters. I took care of my grandma. And then he came home, went into a coma, and then he died. And this is how I introduced myself to every single person legitimately. Legitimately, that's what I did. And you know that. All of my friends know that. That's how I introduced myself because I wanted people to know what had happened to me before they made any judgments based on my life in any other way. And I didn't care who I talked to. I didn't care who it was. I didn't care if it was the president of a company or my best friend, that's what I was doing. Um, and it's, it's a loop that's, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard loop to break, but it wasn't good. It didn't bring me anything. I I became a toxic person to be around. And it's like, those things are so crazy and so traumatic. And like, 
our our mission with this episode is not to like diminish those things and say, yeah they, like the feelings you felt were real the trauma was real like it, irreplaceable things happened I I want to know I guess um what was the first thing that helped you to kind of see that like yes you experienced all that and yes it was terrible but kind of to realize that you didn't have to that didn't have to define you like what helped you first step out of that so I think there's like a multitude of things that had happened to me but I played this I played that story for quite a few years and then I started I I actually like think back to one specific time where I was looking at a sunset and just an overwhelming feeling came over me that I needed to let go and I needed to move forward because I wasn't accomplishing anything and nobody was coming to save me. I realized that what I was trying to accomplish was having somebody, nobody was coming. It was me. It was going to have to be me. And I got sick. I got, had to get surgery. I was an insomniac. I had crippling anxiety. I literally didn't sleep for a year. It was so crazy. And that was years after this happened, you know, after all this happened. And I just said, I have to make the change because all of these things that I'm doing, all of these times that I'm spending, you know, talking to other people who just don't know what to say to me are not benefiting me anymore. So what, what do I, what can I do to stop playing at my environment? What can I, what can I do to start changing it for me? And that like, that really made me look inward but it's really freaking hard to get there, but it made me look inward and, and realize that I was playing a large role in my own suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's so many, uh, there's so many different like things that I want to touch on here. I know something that we talked about last time we spoke about this um, was forgiveness and how it's so hard to forgive perpetrators, people, Uh situations, the world, God, whatever, whatever we feel harmed us. Um, But I I know that you had said a quote, which was resentment is like drinking poison, Uh hoping the other person dies or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think that's such a big part of it too, because I feel like for so many people, it's like, the trauma involve often involves someone else, you know? Um, and yeah, it's forgiving the circumstances that happen is it's not about forgiving. It's not about letting someone off the hook. It's not about emailing that person saying, Hey, you're forgiven. It's about, like you said, ripping that thorn out of your body. Yes. Stopping drinking poison. Yes. When we have that resentment, we're just hurting ourselves. Yes. And the, the thorn metaphor is something I really like because it's like, you can walk around and you can allow what happened to you to stick in your foot like a thorn. And 
you can continuously ask, why did I step on this thorn? How could I have stepped on this thorn? Why was this thorn there? Why is my foot hurting? Why is it infected now? I'm so mad. Look at all these people walking around who don't have this thorn, who aren't limping, who aren't sick, who don't have all of this happening to them. Or you can pull the thorn out and you can, you know, clean the wound. Mm-hmm. And it's it's your choice which one you want to do. And I understand how absolutely hard that that can be and how terrifying that it can be because in some sense, you have to assume some type of a responsibility by doing that. And I think that's what holds so many people back because a lot of this trauma is just, it's so severe and it's so real and it's so painful. And how do you, how do you get to a point where you say, I'm, you know, this is, where's, where's my role in this? You know, it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's devastating, but you have to pull the thorn out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you you're going to get sick and you're going to drink poison waiting for the other person to die. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, so another part of kind of going into like that responsibility piece, I feel like when we talk about the victim mindset and why, like for me, a lot of it's a lot of my stories um, from trauma and childhood trauma and different things. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would I, why was I in a victim mindset? Mm-hmm. Why was I telling everyone? Why was I infusing poor me things into conversations? It's Caroline Miss refers to it. She's an author. Um, she has several uh, great books, but she refers to it as social currency. Mm-hmm. Um, us using our stories essentially to to get something from other people and essentially manipulate situations unconsciously. We don't know we're doing this, but mm-hmm. we get people to feel sorry for us. Or maybe they think of us in a higher regard, like, oh, you've been through so much now, you know, we mm-hmm. want people to think of us this way. Um, I feel like for me, I used to really, really enjoy people feeling sorry for me. Yeah. I people to feel sorry for me. I didn't know it at the time, um, but, but I still catch myself slipping these things in. And I'm like, why did I do that? Oh, because I kind of feel, I kind of wanted to feel sorry for myself. I kind of wanted that. Um, And it does take away our responsibility because when we put the, when we put the power in that thorn, in that person who hurt us in that situation, then we aren't responsible for healing even, for even going on a healing journey or for taking the steps because we don't feel like we have that power. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think by introducing myself the way that I did earlier to every person I met got me off the hook and I got a pass in a sense to act whatever way that I wanted to. I got a justification not only for my actions towards others, but almost to remind myself of the loop by hearing it over and over and over again I got to like cement it and I got to dig it in a little bit deeper and then justify it so like feeling that pain over and over again allowed me to continue to look backwards instead of forwards and again for anybody who's like been through this trauma and knows what we're talking about it's like an uncomfortable 
simple comfortability mm-hmm. and yes. the thought of anything else can make you scared fucking shitless because then you have to assume responsibility for your life again. And when your life has turned upside down, you don't want to, you don't want to, it it should be other, somebody else should come and do it for you. Mm. Where is the person who's going to fix this for me? And it goes back to that, you know, sense of taking the weird responsibility, but you know, I really think that I romanticized my trauma for way too long. I let it become like a poetic, yeah, like destruction of myself where I, where I, you know, it was, it was a, it was a beautiful destruction to watch me wither away until I got fucking sick and said, holy shit, I got to do something different. Cause that doesn't get you anywhere good. Mm. It can get you to play that, to play that in that sense, but it doesn't lead you to a resolution. And I look at my mother who has a whole string of autoimmune issues that they don't know where they're from because she can't let go and it will eat you alive. It'll eat you alive. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so hard because I feel like for, there's so many people listening right now who are like stuck in this loop in one way or another. And maybe some of this registers them. Maybe there's, maybe there's other things, you know, there's also like, for me, um, I, I've never like told this to, this is, this is a different perspective. This is a story I never told anyone. I was molested when I was eight and it was kind of a different sort of thing. So I wasn't telling people this um, very often, but in my mind, I was telling myself, well, this is who I am. I was someone who that happened to. Therefore, I X, Y, Z, because that's what, that's what ends up of people who that happened to, right? So it's not always the story that we like, I feel like there's different things that I like to tell people and make sure people know for X, Y, Z reason, other things just in the background. And I know this is super controversial, but in my mind, that um, man is forgiven. Now, I would never forgive him in person. If I knew who he was, I would try to get him locked up. Um, you know, I didn't do that at the time because I didn't know what the fuck to do. Um, but in my, my soul, like I, once, once I realized that forgiving that was an option, I, it's just was such a relief because I don't know, I just shifted everything in my mind. Like that person I strongly feel was also it like is a deeply twisted, sick, sick person who's probably been through a lot on his own. Does that mean it's okay to molest children? Of course not, right? We're not fucking saying that. What I'm saying is giving grace to the person, the situation, whoever was involved, whatever grace of God or force of nature was involved gives me peace. And that's what it's about. It's about me healing. It's not about giving someone else permission to be a fucking psycho it's giving yourself freedom. It's removing that thorn and saying, 
I'm going to let this go because it's not serving me to replay this story or give myself excuses to do things um, because of something that happened to me or, or remove my responsibility for myself to heal in the way that would make my life better. Like, it's just, it's just, what do you want for yourself? You know, what, what do you want your life to look like? And, and for me, like forgiveness has been such a huge mm-hmm. part of that. It part of getting there because you're choosing you finally. Yes. Choosing you because going back to that destruction that you can feel like when you're in that victim mindset, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't give a fuck what happens. And by choosing you, you regain your power and you regain that power by letting go and forgiving and moving on and, and taking a really hard look at what you want and, and falling in love with yourself again and, and seeing a little glimpse of beauty here and there. And I think it's like, you asked me what was one of the moments that changed everything. And it was a sunset on a boat in Thailand. (laughs) I watched a sunset go down and I said, I have to let go. Mm -hmm. And that gave me forgiving all the people, all the men I loved in my life dying. Mm -hmm. It forgave, I forgave why the fuck did my house catch on fire? Why the fuck did all these people die? Why the fuck did all of this happen back to back? Why did he cheat on me? Why did this happen? Why, you know, boom, 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 boom. And just saying, I'm ready to reclaim who I am outside of all of this. It's really hard to get there. But for anybody who is stuck in this loop, there is a light there's a light and it's just taking a hard look. It's taking a hard look at what you want. And something that, (laughs) this is an emotional conversation. I mean, it's, it is, you know, it's us just being real. It's also risky. People can be offended. Um, I have people reach out to me sometimes and say things like, (laughs) you know, like, why do you teach people to be happy when they have, you know, when they should, whatever. Okay. Um, Something that's a really, really fucking honest question that we have to ask ourselves that you and I've discussed is to really look at your situation and ask yourself, what am I gaining by sticking to this story, by blaming this person, by holding this resentment, by having this illness in my body? What am I gaining? Now, I'm not saying it's all a choice. I'm not saying, but if you really honestly look at what you're gaining and maybe journal that out, yeah. something may come up. That's a piece of why you're unable to let go. I think this is a very important thing to talk about. And again, this is why there's a trigger warning on here, you know, <laughs> but yes, there's always a gain. There is, there's always a gain. And oh, that is fucking hard to say. It is fucking hard to say. And um, for me personally, I gained not having to work through all of it. I refused to work. Nope, I'm not working. That, I mean, that's just like, I was so depressed, but like there was that gain. I didn't have to work. 
my family helped me. Like I stayed home and um, I gained not having to take responsibility for my actions. If I wanted to go out and drink myself into a fucking stupor, I did it, which didn't happen often, but I did it and I didn't care. If I lashed out on somebody, I didn't fucking care. If I talked about it 7,000 times to the same fucking person, I didn't fucking care. I didn't care. I never cared because look at what was happening to me. I'll give myself grace for all of this, but you know, I think I did become a little bit of a broken record. That's me being honest. I allowed myself to play very, very small didn't care about my future goals, didn't look into the future whatsoever, didn't look at how I was impacting other people's lives around me in the slightest because I was in survival mode. And that's that's a lot of the gain that I, I got from it is just like not having to care about next year, six months, whatever. Yeah. Something that I feel like is like a fire burn, like is just... So I can't think of the words to describe it, but there's this thing happening in our society that I think fuels all of this. It fuels our attachment to our stories. And that is, to me, it feels like there's a competition going on of who has the worst life. Mm-hmm. When I, the average person that I hang out with, meet with, sit with fucking strangers, friends, family, everybody, it feels like one of the first things that comes up is, well, my job fucking sucks. I, my boss fucking hates me. And, you know, oh, my boyfriend and I got in a fight last night. It's, I mean, let's be real. That's what our society is like. We don't just, we're never happy about things. Um, we're not grateful, right? So it feels like a competition to me. And especially in the past where we I almost had to one up everyone else's thing mm-hmm. internally because I needed to feel so sorry for myself and remind myself that I had the worst situation, mm-hmm. but also externally, even if I wasn't feeling bad at the time, I felt like I had to share a negative thing because, well, you can't just, if someone's like, oh, how are you? Oh, well, my boss just wrote me this terrible. Oh, how are you? Oh, I'm great, right? Yeah. It's like, what- it's, it's more shocking to have nothing and to be happy than it is to say anything else. Like. It's more uncomfortable to Mm -hmm. say, oh yeah, I'm the happiest I've ever been and things are going really good for me. It's more uncomfortable to say that in social settings. I feel like when you are in the program of just, I mean, it's fine. I have to fucking work my nine to five, but whatever, you know, that type of loop too. It's yeah. <laughs> that plays a role in us continuing to be in that loop and that story in that yeah. mode. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So the people listening to this podcast um, want to, especially they're still listening to this point of this episode, <laughs> they want to grow. They want to heal. They don't want to play fucking small. So how can we, when we're in those conversations, even maybe before the other person drops their, their negative thing. And someone asks, how are we, how can we stop playing small when things are going good and start expressing positive things and and starting a chain reaction that way? I think it comes down to 
ultimately being unapologetic. And like, I know so many people talk about this, be unapologetically you, whatever, but truly you are the captain of your own ship. And I think that, um, on both ends, when you are the person who is in the victim mindset or that you have crossed that bridge, so to speak, and you are on your path of like true, true self-reflection and healing. And also not, you know, it's not that you have to forget about everything that happened or be like, not have it part of your life whatsoever. It's about being able to also not identify with it so much, but like being unapologetic in the sense of I'm really fucking proud of myself for where I've been. I feel like so many people have experienced trauma. And if you have been suffering and you are now feeling good about yourself, honor that and share it and don't dim yourself because somebody else isn't quite on that path yet. So just being able to stay true to how far you've come and also, you know, could make somebody else something click in their brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just feel like we're not really benefiting anyone when we are just competing over whose life is the worst or when we're just matching a, oh yeah, like, well, I guess my day is going okay. You know, we're just, we're dimming our fucking light. We're playing small. I don't think that's beneficial. Now there's, there's a balance if someone's, you know, cat just died, then of course you're not going to be like, oh, I'm I'm the happiest I've ever been. And I just made X, Y, Z money. Like, obviously, but in general, like, I just feel like we need to shift the way we communicate as a culture. I just feel like we just, it's, it's almost like, you know how you can be in expansion mode and the vibe Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. feels good. And the coffee tastes sweeter and the sunset's pretty, or you can be in the, down the rabbit hole and you can be in contraction mm-hmm. where you have a negative lens on everything. Everything your, your significant other does, you cringe. Everything, yeah. that, right? We tend to like, like on a pendulum swing between those two. And obviously we want to swing towards the vibe and feeling good and expansive. But we just, um, I completely forgot where I was going with that. Well, I got a download as so you forgot cool. about that. Take so I I think it's about being grateful. Something Mm -hmm. that I started doing, and I've talked to you about this is like, when I wake up, I 10 things I'm grateful for. And that really shifted my mindset so much. So even in a dark moment, what are you grateful for? Mm -hmm. When the worst thing in the world is happening, you have a roof over your head. You know, you can be grateful for the fact that you have shoes. You know, you can get really real. You can get down to the nitty gritty and realize that, at the end of the day, there are things that you, you know, you can be grateful for. And then I think that energy propels you to a new place. So like when good things happen, you maintain that energy, you maintain that vibe, you maintain all of that by appreciating the tiniest thing that happens because that blows it up and manifests it and snowballs it into more miraculous, miraculous things. So when you're in a situation with, you know, and somebody's going down the rabbit hole, be grateful for what you have, because maybe hearing that stuff is going to help pull them out. Yeah. Especially if they've been running this loop for a long time. I, I have an example here. I was a toxic friend when I was going through my 
you know, I, I was piggybacking off of all of this trauma and then in a negative mindset and then called off my engagement. We are back together by the way, but for everybody listening, but I had called off my engagement and I was a negative friend. Like I was a toxic negative friend calling the, you know, Oh, complaining about the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And talking about the same thing over and over and over and over again. And my friend said to me, I love you. I care about you, but this has to fucking stop. And she pulled me out of a loop that I was playing that I didn't even realize. So it's like, you also have to be willing to call people out and to, cause that's going to help people especially when their blinders are on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when we, when we are down in that rabbit hole, everything looks bad. Oh yes. And, and starting to climb out with gratitude and noticing the fact that like we, we do, we live in, we live in America. Some people listening don't live in America. You, you probably, you live in other countries that are also fabulous, but most people listening might live in a developed country with access to healthcare and, you know, food and shit like that, that billions, literally billions of people do not have enough food on a daily basis, do not have food security. If they're listening to this, they're probably like, oh, hell, you girls are fucking, (laughs) but it's just, and this is where people get, maybe get triggered because they think that that's bypassing and, you know, you need to, um, you need to just be upset all the time if you're in a bad place. But when you're upset all the time, everything looks like shit. Yeah. And, and it's like, because it's, it's through that lens. And when we start to shift that lens, and then things start to look a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, which one do you want to be looking through? Like which lens yeah. do you want to have on your life? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like people need to be shocked out of their lens. So like when a friend said, I'm not going to support you in this anymore. Like I'm done. I, I can't do this anymore. It shocked me out. And I went, Oh, boom. And then it's all it took for me to like one layer of the lens to lift mm-hmm. or it's just, it, it is a journey and it's a long journey, but I think it's so truly like everything will look like garbage. Uh, you'll stub your toe and go, why the fuck is this happening to yeah. me? Yeah. Why did, why am I bumping into say. everything? And it just snowballs into these irrational and, and literally stubbing your toe can derail your entire week. So it's like, how do you lift the blinders a little bit more? How do you break your loop? How do you start seeing something slightly different? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really want to talk about hypnosis because to me, hypnosis is very, it's a very like fast modality, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a way to, well, why don't you explain it? Well, Well, hypnosis is a naturally occurring state. So well, I'm going to say about 99.9% of everybody who's listening to this has been in a trance before. If you're driving your car right now while listening to this podcast, you may have slipped into a trance just listening to us talk. (laughs) But I really like to just explain it as I am a guide to help you explore your unconscious mind and to really discover the potential that lives within you that you could be suppressing. I, you know, we don't use 
a lot of our brains. So why not figure out what amazing capabilities that you have inside of you and and just really harness your own power. That's how I like to look at it. And there's so many incredible healing benefits to hypnosis, just in terms of even deep relaxation to going back and, you know, uncovering limiting beliefs. Um, it's, it can be used for a wide variety of things, but hypnosis has really helped me to uncover a lot about myself that I didn't know and to negotiate and heal parts of me that have been sleeping. Mm, yeah, I, it's, it's just so interesting that you can, you can speed up healing when you are going into the subconscious mind mm-hmm. and like re, rewiring. Is that what's going yeah. on? Yeah. You, you're creating new neuropathic pathways in your brain and you can all of a sudden have something click and it just completely transform your life. So the unconscious likes to speak in metaphors. And I think because a lot of times going back to trauma, we suppress things and our conscious mind doesn't want to allow us to remember things. But when we can unroot and heal and, and really discover our capabilities, it can transform your life. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. I know. <laughs> Amazing. Well, yeah, I highly recommend reaching out to Frankie if you're interested in hypnosis for, for healing things of your past or, you know, rewiring yourself or, you know, your, your limitations around money, like things for the future mm-hmm. around, um, business success, confidence, like those type of things. It's just amazing. Um, I've done some sessions with her and it is really cool. She's definitely has a gift. Um, it's amazing. So, um, Frankie, do you have any other, any like book recommendations? I know you'd love to read like me. What are your favorite books for people? So I, would highly recommend many lives, many masters. I think it's perfect for the topic of this podcast today. It deals with some hypnosis. It also deals with just trauma and, um, overcoming things through hypnosis. So many lives, many masters definitely recommend that book. Um, I've been reading so many hypnosis books. <laughs> my mind is blinging out. But one of the books that I will say made a big impact on my life was The Year of Yes. Year of um, Yes. That was such oh. a good book. I read it in Mexico on the beach. <laughs> but it's, you know, it brings up um, boundaries, which is something that uh, kind of plays into all of this as well. Mm-hmm. But um, learning how to say yes and also learning how to say no. So also highly recommend the year of yes. Obsessed with the, I, that book was, yeah. I just walked around Mexico with this book saying, I know. can I read you this paragraph? And I cry. <laughs> okay, Frankie, um, thank you so much. This has been incredible. Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, hear from you. You can find me at at dot up dot the rabbit hole on Instagram and uprabbithole.com. Amazing. And I will link everything in the show notes. You can go in there and find her Instagram handle. 
and our website. And yeah, thanks everyone for tuning in. Don't send us any hate mail. <laughs> we love it's you a, so much. Yes, it's a it's a conversation coming with deep love deep and love. healing. Just want you guys to experience the freedom that we found through all of this. So, okay, we love you guys, and we'll see you Bye. soon.